Welcome to Average Meeple, where average people talk about games. My name's James. And I'm Cora, and in this week's episode, we're going to be talking about some board game news, as well as our best of the worst. Um, what games do we think may be unfairly or harshly uh, ranked on the Board Game Geek uh, rankings? So yeah, this is a little bit of a, you know, board game news this week. The, the Spiel Award uh, nominees were announced a few days ago, and we're going to give a quick run-through of those. Uh, but in case you're unfamiliar, the Spiel Awards are uh, a set of awards that are pretty highly revered in the board gaming um, you know, world. And it's basically a set of awards uh, granted by some German board gamers. Um, and it's basically the any game released in Germany over the past 12 months is eligible, I think. And, uh, and basically they have it broken up into categories. So they have the Kinderspiel. Uh, which is the children's game of the year. Um, I think that's fairly self-explanatory. There's the Kenner Spiel, which is probably the least understood uh, award that they give out. It's it's meant to be like the connoisseurs or experts game. It's like people who play a lot of board games might like these games. Uh, oftentimes that gets translated into like complex games, but that's not always the case. So that's why that's one that's a little interesting. But that's the Kenner Spiel. And then there's just the Spiels des Jahres, which is the board game of the year, um, which is probably the most, you know, highly sought after award. Um, and so basically the, uh, the, the nominees came out this week. Uh, there's three for each category. Uh, Core is going to run through those. Yeah, and just as a note, this is probably the award that, like, the pinnacle of awards for board games. Yeah. Um, I don't think that there is an award higher that they could be, that they could win. Um, it's, it's like the Oscars of board games, really. Yeah, yeah I, I, I agree with that. I think so, too. So, uh, first is the Kinderspiel game, uh, game of the year for children. Uh, the three nominees are Photofish, Speedy Roll, and Wir sind die Robertaire, which is German that I've, I think, completely butchered. Um, we're not familiar with any of these games, no. but... I did look up that last one, and it means we are the robots. Fair enough. Uh, second, the Kinderspiel is, uh, or the complex slash connoisseur game of the year. Uh, Cartographers, a role player's tale. The King's Dilemma, and one game that we have played, which is The Crew... Um, which, if you remember, was the game that we kind of talked about, which was a trick-taking game, um, card-based, that kind of uh, each round was you had to do different ways to take the tricks. So uh, was good. We know it as The Crew. The Crew. They know it as Die Crew. <laughs> right. Yes. De Jim. And, uh, and then finally, the Sfield de Jars, the Game of the Year nominees are My City, pictures and i think one of our newfound favorites nova luna um, which i am very excited to see on this list um so those are the the nominees um the winners will be announced probably sometime around the end of june about a month from now uh, and these were announced uh two days ago on the 18th so um i think we both are hoping maybe that nova luna wins and it's the only one that on the Spiel des Jahres list that we have played, but I think we both both enjoy the game a lot. So um, I think we've talked about it. It's, it's probably worth it being there. Yeah, no, I mean, it, I think it would be cool to see Nova Luna win because, like you said, it is you know one of the games we've actually played a handful of times. Uh, although I'm a little surprised to see it, on, see it on this list, as we'll talk about here in a minute. 
So, you know, the, the second and sort of primary segment of this episode, we're going to go through some games that we think are are just lower on the list of Board Game Geek ratings than we would expect. To handpick 10 games that we mostly own Our or played a lot. bottom list, maybe. Right. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure there's way more games that probably could fit in this category, but we mostly looked at the ones that we own. Mm-hmm. Um, Cora's going to kind of give us an intro into how Board Game Geek seems to rate their games, though. So yeah, so it's, that. I mean, it's... So Board Game Geek ranks their games uh, mostly by just the user ratings, which is between 1 and 10. Um, although you can't rank anything lower than a 1, so the average is actually 5.5. Uh, and then to kind of help balance games, and especially ones that have low amounts of ratings, um, they'll also add in like phantom or dummy ratings to try and bring the game closer to uh, to the average of 5.5. Um, and and this the rankings also only show up for games that have at least 30 user ratings. Um, so I think for the most part, it's mostly just trying to make sure that there's no crazy outliers. Um, and I and I, I think that the overall um, spirit of the ranking is kind of true to what it's trying to do. Um, but I do think, you know, I think we've talked about this before, that the um, that the game rankings for, for Board Game Geek definitely trend uh, to be a little bit heavier. Uh, and I think one of the best ways that we see that is our games on here, um, there are, what is it, 18... How many? 18,900 so games that are ranked. Yeah. yeah um, which with a lot more, I think 117,000 are actually listed on here. So it's a very small subset of games that are actually ranked. Right. Um, but almost all of the games at the bottom of the rankings are the traditional family Hasbro Milton Bradley games. Um, you know, I think, uh, what was down there? So- Life and Jenga and... All those other ones. Right. So as as we're talking about this, the lowest ranked game is ranked 18,921 with a whopping 2.7 average rating, and it's Tic-Tac-Toe. Tic-Tac-Toe. Which I guess, you know, before this I never really thought about as a board game, but I guess technically maybe it is. But, but hey, you know, I mean, it had enough votes that it made it onto the list as opposed to the other almost 100,000 entries, as you mentioned, that are in the... Board Game Geek database, it didn't make it. So. Right. So I think we're just going to kind of talk about um, from our highest rank, low ranking. And, uh, any, we we kind of looked at games that we owned um, higher than a thousand ranking. Um, so I guess we'll start at our our lowest ranking. I guess technically. It's technically the highest ranked one. The lowest number ranked of this list we're going through. Yes, number itself <laughs> is the lowest number. Which makes it the highest ranked. Um, so that game is uh, Timeline, which really is a—I mean, you know, arguably it's a set of games. But we looked at all the variants of Timeline, you know, discoveries, inventions, blah blah blah. Uh, the highest ranked one is 1,014, so it just made it into this category. Uh, but it went all the way down to like 10,000 plus as far as like the lowest ranked one, which. You know, if, if you ever played Timeline, I think I think it's a very fun game. It's a very simple game. I mean, we talked about it as part of our top ten, right? It was top ten of our lightweight games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't put it just in my top ten overall, but it is in my top ten, like, really lightweight games. And, 
yeah, it's a fun game. You learn some things. It's quick to play. And to think, like, there are 1,013 better games. I play a lot of games. Right. I feel like I would struggle just to, like, name just, like, 100 games. (laughs) And to say that there's 10 times that many better than Timeline. Old. I don't know. Maybe there is. I mean, I think this kind of goes back to the conversation of the, the weight carries a lot. Of, sure. uh, of of why these get so low. Um, I think, you know, the average board game geek is going to be playing heavier games. And this is the definition, I think, of a lightweight game. Um, I, I also think, you know, maybe people don't want to be learning as much as you do in Timeline when you're playing a board game. Um, but, you know, I, again, I, I, I don't see it this low. Um I mean, Timeline has its shortcomings, like starting player, huge advantage. Like, there's no disadvantage to going first, um, that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's a fun little game, and uh, I could see it being higher. I've played worse games that were ranked higher. That's true for all of these, actually, in my yeah, opinion. this is. Um, I mean, and then I would say what we're going to talk about here next at rank 1040, Betrayal of Baldur's Gate definitely trends on the heavier side um and you know i think it could be considered i mean it's it definitely is probably one of the heavier games on the list that we have here um and its counterpart betrayal at house on the hills ranked 502 um i i don't think that the difference in theme means it's it's a 500 ranks lower um i i I suspect that this gets some bad ratings because it is effectively a reskin of an existing game and in my understanding they were supposed to kind of fix a few of the inconsistencies or little you know balance you know balance imperfections but it primarily is a reskin so i wonder if people just said like well why why does this game even exist right it already exists over here why would i ever buy this and so, you know, the original game, Betrayal at House on the Hill, 502, like Cora said, and now Betrayal at Baldur's Gate, which I think is a much better theme for me. Yeah, anyway, I, I really like it. It is now 1,040. Yeah. So. But uh, moving so, on. So next up is Cora's probably favorite game. <laughs> it's not my favorite game. It didn't ha- make it in my lightweight list, um, but it is probably ha- the game ha- that we've introduced more people to. Um, at least in my family, especially than than pretty much any other game, and I think it is the icebreaker game that we bring out uh, is Happy Salmon, and it's at rank one thousand one hundred and twenty-seven. Um, you know, I one of the reasons I feel kind of strongly about this is because we've introduced it to so many people. I don't think anybody we've introduced it to has disliked this game. Um, I always get a positive reaction when when this comes out, when when people learn how to play this. It's again, it's a lightweight game, which is you know is to its detriment. I think as part of this list, um, but I don't see any reason why it should be it's, this low. This is a hard one for me. I mean, I like Happy Sam. If you're unfamiliar with the game Happy Sam, I don't know if we've talked about it here before, but if you're unfamiliar, long story short, it's like a thirty second game. Where you're basically giving each other high fives, fist bumping, like switching places places around the table. And then you do this thing called Happy Salmon, which is sort of like a consecutive high five. um, On your forearms. Yeah, it's kind of hard to describe um, over the mic, but it's silly. And 
it's 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 one of those things where like is it even a game <laughs> it's a game there's a winner like i can totally like I, part of me like totally understands why this is like 1127 it's like really this could be like number 117,000. and i'd be like eh, okay but at the same time like i absolutely have fun playing this game like it is fun it is entertaining um it's a it's 30 seconds per round it takes like almost no explanation um it's it is entertaining for people who have never played a board game in their life before but i think that in itself is to say like well maybe it's not maybe it's not a very interesting board game <laughs> um you know so it's uh it's a dexterity game you know it is a dexterity you know, game. you need a little bit of space around the table um it's an interesting but, one yeah but 1,127. Happy salmon. Uh, next, we're going to walk into uh, Red Dragon Inn, which... I think also made our lightweight game list. Yes, maybe. Um, or was very close was to it. Was very being. close to it, yeah. Um, again, it's another lightweight game. This one uh, clocks in at... So there's, as, as of now, I believe, six sort of uh, core sets for Red Dragon Inn. Um, and they go from 1,219 up into the 10 plus thousand, uh, rating. And, you know, played this game a number of times. And again, it's hard to look at any of these and say like, this is a pretty fun game. Is there 1,200 games better than this? Like 1,200, like that's such a large number. Um, you know, and so I think, I think that this could easily be in, you know, the top thousand games. But yeah. I don't know what you have to add about that. I mean, we own all six expansions. I don't I think. think we do. I think we're missing one. I think we have five of them. Uh, I think well, we, either way. I think we have one, two, three, five, and six. <laughs> either way, we like this game. Um, we've invested quite a bit into it. Um, it's a game, again, it's easy to explain. It's fun to play. Very easy to turn into a drinking game. Um, and yeah, I just... I don't know. I mean, the only big flaw I have with the game is if you do end up playing with a large group of people and you get eliminated, it can be a long time before, you know, you're playing a new game. It can take a long time to play. Yeah. But even then, like, I, I don't think that it should be as low as it is. It, it, it is a weird issue with this game where it's designed such that you can play with almost an infinite number of people, just how many just basically depends on how much of the game you've purchased like how many you know character sets you have but at the same time more and more people it just makes the game kind of drag um because it's really right. there's very little to do and it's not your turn so yeah. like you're just sort of waiting for this long thing around the table yeah sometimes, think, sometimes I, gambling comes up which is interacts with everybody but it's it can be a little dicey right i mean i think we, we played once with i think there was 10 of us yeah we played 10. and it took a long time yeah yeah so all right, and then now going back to kind of what we were alluding to earlier in the episode uh, is uh, Nova Luna, which is on the list at 1773. Um, and I think part of this is because it's such a new game. I don't think there's there's not very many rankings or votes on it. And so it's probably being fairly held towards the middle with those phantom boats. Yeah. But I, I could see it jumping way higher now that it's coming out with the, the Spiels award. Um, and if it wins, I imagine it, it jumping up a bunch of ranks. Yeah, it's one of those interesting things. I think there must be certainly more going on to the Board Game Geek ranking than they let on or something. Cause it, it does seem like I, I swear I've seen games with lower ratings having higher ranks and everything else. And 
I think it in some way must reflect or take into account like the number of votes. Like it does. Well, yeah. I mean, the rankings they'll, say, they'll, they'll add take... more phantom votes the more votes there are. In well, not just, stuff, but, but, but 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 so what? I mean, I guess the point is, you know, if a game has a seven zero, I feel like I've seen a seven zero ranked lower than like a six nine before. And it's like I don't care how many of those votes are phantom. Like there's something else under the hood that they're looking at. Well, it's no, like, I don't think the average shows the phantom votes. Oh well, maybe, I think maybe the phantom maybe, votes are only part of the uh, ranking. Well, well, maybe that's it then. But, yeah, but it, I definitely, yeah, it definitely makes it weird. But uh, so I don't know. Yeah, Nova Luna. Um, That'll be one to watch. My guess is that's gonna pop up into the top thousand. It, it, it in could, the next cer- couple it, could cer- months. it could certainly pop up. I mean, it is pretty funny to think about right now. Like it's on the hotness list. It's you know ranked 1773 and it's in the runnings to win you know one of the most prestigious if not the most prestigious board gaming awards that exists right so like how does that make sense but anyway next up is uh next up is a game that is um it's ranked 1864 it's a game called boss monster and you know i've gotten a lot of a lot of mileage out of this game we picked it up a handful of years ago now, maybe four. I don't know. It's been it's been it's been a few years anyway. Um, at Pax East, and oh uh, man, me and me and a buddy, we picked it up there and we just played it nonstop at Pax. Yeah, I don't remember um, seeing you almost at all that weekend. Yeah, like, I, don't I kept know. asking you like where Wait, you went, and you're like, oh, I Casey and just, I have been playing Boss Monster for the last four just, hours. Just sat in the corner on the floor playing yeah. Boss Monster for like four hours. I don't know. It really it really hit us in a sweet spot in that moment, and. uh you know, it's it's a it's a pretty fun game. Uh, I'm not gonna dig too much into it, but uh, it's 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 a nice light to medium weight game. You're basically you actually play as a villain in a sense, like you're you're a monster and you have um, a little cave built of cards that you're trying to lure adventurers into, and then like have them die in your cave. So like you're playing all these cards that are like traps and spikes right. and things, and then like you're trying to lure the town folk in to try and defeat you. Um, but you know you're gonna lay siege to them all, your little traps and stuff. Um, and it's just—it's a really fun little game. It's just—it's basically just a card game um, played on tabletop. And uh, I don't know—we've played it a lot, and I—I I actually really enjoy it. I haven't played it in quite a while, actually, but I do remember it being—I think—one of the better two-player games that we've played. I think it plays really well two-player. Yeah, I haven't probably played it in about a year. Well, I mean, I, I do remember really enjoying it. That's something mm-hmm. I now I feel like I should pull out again. So now we're kind of making a jump here in the rankings. So we went from Boss Monster at 1,864, and we're going to 2,585, uh, which is Dragoon, uh, which I think we've talked about a couple times, and I'm not going to spend too much time on. Um, but I think if you want a luck-based game, I, this is the game to go to. I mean, it's there's some strategy, there's some luck beautiful game pieces and a and an awesome board. I think that the expansions work really well. Um again, again, I I don't understand how there's 2500 more games above it. So, I I feel very strongly that Dragoon should not be this far down the list. Right. Next on our list is a game called Thornwatch. It's making another big jump down. Making another big jump. So, now we're going from 2500ish up to 8238 for Thornwatch. So think about this, 8,000 games are better than Thornwatch. And Thornwatch is, um, it's basically a little, uh, 
I don't know what to call it. It's almost like a little dungeon crawler in a way. There's basically like these tiles that represent, you know, rooms and areas that you can explore. Um, They're not really rooms. It's like part of this forest. It's the artwork is beautiful. It's done by the guys who do Penny Arcade. And it's basically one of our scenarios you can play. And it's we played it a few times at PAX. We demoed it there. We loved it. I backed it on Kickstarter. Uh, We busted it out a couple times after getting it. Um, (laughs) We have a funny story about this game. Um had quite the accident while playing it once but we'll save that for another episode i think it was the last time we played it too yeah i think it was um but uh no it's a beautiful artwork i think the replayability for it is great too because each scenario there's like different objectives the monsters all play really different um you know each of the characters have special abilities yeah and it's just a gorgeous looking game like it's just very satisfying to look at you know right um but you know what? There's 8,237 games better than it, so... Well, and I just Probably never that, pull it out again. I just learned that there's some people who just hate Penny Arcade and won't uh, play anything related to them. So maybe we, there's a we, whole bunch of them on BoardGameGeek. Maybe. But uh, next game, making another jump from the 8,000s down to 14,286, which is Go Fish Yourself. Um, which, if you haven't understood by the name of the game, is very similar to Go Fish... Um, except that most of the game is instead of trying to make pairs for yourself, you're trying to make pairs for other people, and then they have to do ridiculous things on those pair, like whatever's listed on that pair of cards. So that comes down to um, putting somebody's socks on your hands, um, making sure you keep your finger touching your upper lip at all times, um, or you have to touch, you have to like constantly be touching somebody. So... Again, it's one of those funny lightweight games. It's just an icebreaker right. game, although there's probably a few things that get a little bit intimate and maybe you wouldn't want to play with somebody you don't know. Um, like there was the one time where I had to wear somebody else's socks on my hand and then also then put my hand on my mouth for the rest of the game. And so... Sure. You didn't have to wear somebody else's sock. You just had to wear a sock. Oh, right. Unfortunately, you weren't wearing socks. I wasn't socks. wearing socks. I was wearing flip-flops. Right. Yeah. So, I, I mean, you, you sort of mentioned it, but just to be clear, like, every pair has a rule on it. Right. And so when you get a pair, you have to be follow that rule. As soon as anyone breaks a rule, they're out, they're out of the game, which is the last man standing. I've actually had an, a great times playing this game. Oh, yeah. This is a great game for, you know, if a few of your close friends get together and you're going to be having some drinks that night or something like that, this is the perfect game to pull out. You know, three or four people, it doesn't play many more than that. But it's just like, the rounds are maybe ten minutes apiece. And yeah, it's just, it's always funny scenarios like that. Somebody has to, you know, you can only use your your middle fingers to pick up cards and things, you know. So you can kind of imagine what that's going to look like. I think it's one where you have to like keep your lip over your teeth yeah you gotta yeah you gotta gotta keep your lips over your teeth and stuff you gotta talk like a pirate and all these different things and it's just it's just silly it's just super super silly but it's pretty fun and And there's no way there should be fourteen thousand games 14,000 games better than it and um and it's it's just a little deck of cards you know it's like it's like a ten dollar game maybe you know it's uh it's worth it all right and so coming up to the bottom of our list our top worst game. The worst game. Is, and it's it's poop. It is poop. Literally. It's, it's called poop. Poop, poop the game. Uh, and it's coming at 18,656. Um, you know, I it's again one of those games it's it's potty humor, right? Um, sure. reskin it's it's basically Uno reskinned with potty humor. Is, right. is how I'm going to explain it. Basically, yeah, you've got 
it's it, same concept as Uno. You know, you got you got cards with numbers and colors on them, and you're trying to play them all in the center of the table. Except the center of the table is a toilet. And there's actually a card representing that, and it can only hold so many poop cards because it's a regular toilet. And uh, some some poop some toilets can hold more. Poops some po- than toilets other can toilets. hold yeah, and so you know you got to make sure that you don't <laughs> overflow the toilet. That's a problem. Because then you got to say shitters full. Well, you don't have to. We normally do. Um, but, uh, anyway, it's a silly, it's a silly reskin of Uno, but again, you know, it's, you know, not all games have to be super complex or super strategic. Sometimes you just want, you know, a fun, silly game to have a good time for a half hour. And I think a lot of these games satisfy that. Right. But they get no love on Board Game Geek, and that's why they're up in the 18,000s for, (laughs) you know, where they rank. Right. Uh, And I, I think that's true for a lot of those other games I mentioned that, like, the Hasbro Milton Bradley games. Sure. The Troubles, the, the Lifes and stuff. I, it kind of makes me sad to see them all the way down at the bottom of the list. I mean, you know, part of me kind of gets it. I mean, you know, I would never put any of those games, like, in, like, my top list of games. And, like, and I know that just there's something about being, like, you know, the mass market, like, you know, brainless, just pure luck games that is, like, life, you know, like, um that people just hate on Board Game Geek, and they're just going right. to, you know, vote it into the ground. Um, but it's the same time, right? I mean, they're not... There's nothing wrong with them. I mean, you know, they're, they're good games to introduce children to, because, again, like, any kid can spin that little that little dial, you know, and, like, resolve the, you know, the event. Like, it's, like, you know, it's like they're good, simple games for, you know, teaching people games, introducing games to people. They're very family-friendly. Like, there's nothing wrong with any of them, but... Just because of what they are, like, they're going to get the hate. Yeah, so. the lo- anything luck-based is going to have a hard time on Board Game Geek, I think. But anyway, so that's kind of our, our list of games we think should get a little bit more love uh, on Board Game Geek. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm still, I still enjoy them. I still love playing them. I'll recommend them any day of the week. Yeah, I mean, I think one, maybe one little thing to pull from this is... You know, I always go to Board Game Geek to look at a game, but and and uh, there's a lot of great information on there. I love the site, um, but really, I think sometimes you can't just look at the rank and, and try and evaluate where they Oh man, the game's number eight thousand. This is garbage. Um, I think there's a lot of good games that are actually very, very low on the list just because of what they are. Yeah, I think it's probably better if you were searching for it, searching through specific categories. Um, like at all the lightweight games, probably you'd want to rank against each other versus overall right Um, because as you can see we love these lightweight games that are on the bottom of the list but you know would probably be ranked higher just amongst themselves so um you know i I think what james is trying to say is take it all with a a little bit of a grain of salt when you're using any sort of rating system for board games like this um you know just play a game that sounds fun you know um i'd much rather take a recommendation from a friend too so um, but I think that's kind of where we're going to leave it for today. So we hope you kind of enjoyed our little delve into quote unquote terrible games. I'm going to make one more little, maybe it's an anecdote. What? Some games are good. Some games are poop, <laughs> but they're both enjoyable. Fair enough. All right. Thanks for listening. Take care.